tell. Hello. Use the false loop. It's a job, Marshall, Marshall, Marshall. What's up now? Spider friends, go for it. Transform and roll out. And I'll form the head. That's what she said. Hey, this is Jonathan. And this is Alan, and welcome to the Nerdomy Podcast. Jonathan, what are we talking about today? Alan, in just less than probably three months at this point, we're going to see the final episode of the Star Wars saga. And to celebrate, we are going to finish up our reviews of the Star Wars movies, starting with today's episode of Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Yay! Kind of. Yeah, cel- <laughs> celebrating its 20th anniversary this year. I know, right? Kind of. <laughs> uh, that's a, wow, 20 years. Seems like yesterday. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> it really does. The pain still lingers. As if it just <laughs> happened yesterday. Um, yeah, so uh, episode one, The Phantom Menace. A lot of hype leading up to it. I don't know if you remember, but in 1997, they re released the special editions to the theaters of uh, episodes four, five, and six. Um, and I've said on the show before, first time I ever saw Star Wars on a big screen, all the way, you know, 20 years later, in, in 97. And, um, you know, Lucas announced he was going to do episodes one, two, and three, telling the story of uh, young Anakin Skywalker and how he became Darth Vader. So, you know, you and I were all in for this, right? Oh, man, there were people leaving work just to see the trailer. They would buy a movie ticket oh, yeah, that's to right. see the trailer and then walk out and not even see the movie. I mean, that's, yeah. that was the impact at the time. Yeah, I mean, the internet was around, but it wasn't obviously what it was now. That it was still dial-up and boards and all that nonsense. And oh my gosh, you know, do you remember, do you remember a, what, yeah. how t- like we had to download the trailer? Like it would literally take an hour. And no, it would take longer than that. Like a picture would take like an hour. <laughs> right. I remember trying to download that that um, what's her name Terry Hatcher picture where she's wrapped up oh, in yeah. Superman. Yeah. I remember. I remember clicking to download it. <laughs> And walking away, having dinner and watching a TV show, and then come back up and watching it just slow, like like the last little bars at the bottom. Wow, <laughs> that, that's that's nuts. Yeah. So yeah, the the trailer was. Uh, you're right. I, it, it was, uh, and it was uh, Meet Joe Black opening weekend got a huge bump because of that because people were just going to trailers. Uh, now I didn't do it. Did you do that? No, no, no. No, I didn't do that. No. Um, we did spend like the six hours waiting for the download the trailer, though. <laughs> but once we had it, we watched it a lot. <laughs> we did. Did we watch the trailer together at my apartment that night? Was yeah. that the night? I don't know if that was the night it came out, but yeah, we definitely. Oh, I, I remember when when Darth Maul busted the double lightsaber. We we, we freaked we like, out. That was what? ultimate freak out. Yeah. Yeah, I, that was probably one of the best trailers ever. You know what? And I yes, I, I do agree with you. And I think that that could have hurt the movie because the trailer was really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and well, the thing was, we were so uh, he was so secretive about the movie. We didn't know what was going on. I mean, we knew the casting, but um, Ewan McGregor wasn't really that big of a deal yet. And uh, Natalie Portman, you know, she was known, but she was young. And and uh, I, I I remember thinking when they casted Jake Lloyd. You know, I knew the kid was from like Jingle All the Way. I'm like, why? Like, why is he so young? I remember thinking to myself, why is he starting Anakin so young? Mm. Uh, but you know, what's his name? Uh, Liam Neeson as Qui Gon. It's funny rewatching it. He's very monkish as a Jedi. Where you know, whatever, 10, 15 years later, he's playing these. You know, I don't have a lot of money, but I do have a specific set of skills. <laughs> like he could have been such a bad. Uh, Bad butt. <laughs> yeah, the curse. you're right. Could have been such a bad butt in uh, Jet in um, Phantom Menace, but uh, Lucas just wrote him differently. You know, it seemed like they really forced the issue of the Jedi to be closer to samurai. I think. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of ideas that or seeds that Lucas planned in this movie that he had to abandon for different reasons, and we could talk about that. Um, but yeah, the anticipation was incredible. We watched the, we watched the trailer a hundred times. Uh, the music, um, you're right. When when Maul busted that double lightsaber, which was pretty in retrospect, I was like, why did they put that in the trailer? Mm-hmm. Because in the movie, you don't know he's got a double lightsaber until he actually busted out in that scene. Right. So that I mean, that would have been 
like a nice little shock you know what i mean oh yeah um but yeah i mean i just i remember i just couldn't wait to see this stupid movie <laughs> you know, wait. the antip- anticipation was extremely high i mean to to grow up watching the trilogies and knowing that they're going to flesh out the story a little bit more uh it was amazing to, just to think about they're going to talk about darth vader like as a kid I mean, who right. of all the characters you would think that they would do, that was something that I, I would never have thought of. Yeah, well, Lucas had come out and said he's not going to do a, another trilogy. But for the reason, he got talked into doing it again. And we knew it was going to be, you know, Jurassic Park had been out about six years at this point. Um, and I think, you know, I'm sure this isn't factually correct, but I, I think it's safe to say that Jurassic Park was kind of the the beginning of really good CGI. You know, I'm sure there are other movies that used it, maybe not as much, but Jurassic Park was that beginning. And, and you know, when you put that technology in Lucas's hands, and, and all he kept saying was, now I can tell the movies the way I always wanted to tell them. You know, it's one of the reasons he did the special editions, because he's like, well, now I can, that the technology exists for me to tell the movies, to, you know, so they look the way I really wanted them to look. Right. Um, and, and, you know, now you're like, wow, we're getting new stories. We're getting, we're, you know, we're thinking about, oh, my God, we're getting the Clone Wars. We're going to get to see the Old Republic. We're going to get to see Obi-Wan and Anakin as, you know, fighter pilots together. You know, and this is just going off of the things Obi-Wan said in the three original movies. Um, yeah, you know, it was it was just it's kind of like what we do with the Marvel movies now, where we just kind of try to guess exactly what's going to happen. And, and we're usually wrong. Um, Let me ask you a question. When it comes to the prequels, I mean, the the word itself, prequel, we're talking about a, a trilogy of movies that that comes before the original three, the classic three. Right. Has that been done successfully before? I guess the closest, my knowledge wise, the closest you can come to is Godfather Two, but that. That's weird because it parallels two stories. It's almost it's a prequel when they talk about Vito Corleone as a you know coming to America and, and making his fortune, which is the Robert De Niro scenes. But that's kind of interspersed with Michael Corleone's continuing story from yeah. Godfather. Right. So it's almost like a half a prequel. Yeah. Uh, I can't really. I'm trying to stretch my brain into thinking. Yeah, I was trying to think what movies. You know what kind of movies actually went backwards after something as as popular as the original trilogy to to go back, right. and I think that's one of the the struggles that they had because if you're watching Star Wars again the original trilogy right four five six, you have to think you have to understand that technology, and to be in awe when to see it for the first time like a lightsaber and an X-wing fighters and and the and the Death Star, and then to I'm not going to say dumb it down, but you also have to show that technology wasn't as sharp either, you know? And I, I think right. that's one of the things that, that you, you don't get from the prequels, yeah, but which is, well, I'm going to get to it when we start talking about the movie, but I think that's one of the tough parts Lucas had was how do you, how do you have that, that awe of technology when it has to be less than what you see in A New Hope? Oh, I see. It's kind of like, it's kind of like Star Trek Next Generation versus Original Generation. I guess so. No, no, I think I screwed that up. Yeah. Um, no, I understand what you're saying, <laughs> but I'm sorry. Uh, but you yeah, know what I mean. I mean right? it, was, it was tough for him, but I don't know. I, the thing is, and we've talked about this with Last Jedi. These prequels are still like you watch them, like all right, it, these are Star Wars movies. They're bad Star Wars movies, but they're Star Wars movies. Hmm. You know. So the, like the 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 core of it is there. You know, uh, you know, we talked Ring Theory a couple of maybe a month or two ago, and I think when you watch Fan Menace, it's obvious, it, it, almost in the same way of Force Awakens, it's obvious that he was going for a Star Wars New Hope um, uh, parallels. You know, it's it's very obvious with the with the with the droid ship at the end and blowing it up, and mm-hmm. you know that's very obvious. So in that respect, you have you have Lucas kind of sticking to what he knows works. Um, but really experimenting with the CGI and the story. And and that's where my problem is with the prequels, but specifically this one is the storytelling. Like, how did he... It's weird to look at Star Wars and say, this is the same guy that wrote Phantom Menace. 
Hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, and and I know we talked about it before on other shows. And is it because he was kind of like you know he was surrounded by yes men? That seems to be a popular opinion online. That he was just surrounded by people that said yes to everything. Did oh, you're absolutely wanted to correct. correct. Him. If if yeah. you watch the the Star Wars like bonus DVDs that came out, you know when they re-released the movies and stuff. It is mm-hmm. all yes, but I mean, if you, I mean, this is, I think, what I really struggled with this movie. Same thing, I think, I, I have with a, with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. How is it as they're forming this movie, say, oh yeah, this is this is good, you know? <laughs> like, no, well, no, you're right. But my thing is, is how does no one say, um, George, in Star Wars, you said they met as fighter pilots or whatever, you know? Right. I, or George, you said Obi Wan when he first met Anakin, he was the best star. F- pilot in the galaxy do you think putting a kid in the starship and accidentally blowing up the main ship would give you know what i mean would give obi-wan that opinion well no no i, I agree with you but i definitely or things would... like when yoda yoda trained me which is what obi-wan says when yoda trained me it's just like how do you just not watch your own movies and say oh, okay this has to be just for continuity's sake. <laughs> you know I, mean? you, well, I agree with you. But I, I definitely know that when I watched The Phantom Menace for the first time, I was not, I wasn't thinking of those kind of details. You know, the things that have uh, upset me about this movie, it, it, was, it was like what you're talking about, I think made it worse. But right. it, I, I, but I, after like initial watching it, oh, I had lots of issues with this one. Right. Well, lots those, issues. I mean, for me, those were happening while I was watching a movie. I like, they say something, I'd be like, what? Because in Star Wars, Obi-Wan said this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm like, that's just weird. And, and just to, Well, Obi-Wan was always deceptive, right? I mean, he he, he did literally lie to Luke. That's retconning, though. Well, yeah. No. Well, because he, after, look, he didn't, Lucas could say all he wants that he knew Vader was Luke's father when he wrote Star Wars. That's nonsense. I don't believe that at all. <laughs> Oh, or that they were brother on. and sister. I, I well, no, okay, I, I agree with you on that one. But if he if you watch New Hope and and Obi Wan's telling Luke about his father, he has a hesitation. You know, like he didn't Dude. outright say, uh, uh, "What do you call it, Darth?" Kill. I mean, he he had the hesitation, like, "Oh, I, I need to wear this in a way that this kid will understand." Dude, even his timeline doesn't make sense because Obi Wan starts off as he starts in Phantom Menace as a paddle one. Right, so you say what? Maybe twenty-one years old. Okay. Right, and then they jump like about ten years for Attack of the Clones, right? Okay. So he's thirty-one, and then Attack of the Clones, and and what's that last one? Uh, uh Revenge of the Sith. Right. There's not a lot of time in between. Maybe two to three years. So now you're talking about a thirty-three-year-old Obi-Wan. And that ends, and Luke's born, and Luke's 19 in A New Hope, so we'll round up to 20. He's, Obi-Wan's 53. Look at what happens to that poor guy between Stressful. Sith and Anakin's, <laughs> and, and even Vader's not. I mean, when you take Vader's hat off, or hat, well, you know what I mean, <laughs> his mask off, I mean, he looks like he's 60. I mean, come on, dude. Okay. It's just, <laughs> it's just, look, that's my thing. As rich as he was... Go and watch your old movies. Well, and just, as rich as he was, he was like, I want to get richer. That's what he was thinking. I, well, <laughs> you, you don't think a good story would have made him richer? Come on. I just don't get it. And yes, I guess it was Yes Men. But he doesn't come off as like this bombastic guy that throws things and all that when people disagree with him. I, I wonder, though, let's say, let's say the original trilogy was not your first Star Wars movie, right? And you're watching Phantom Menace, that's your first Star Wars movie. So let's right. say you take it from that point of view. I wonder, do you look at like episodes four, five, and six and be like, what the F? That doesn't make any sense. Well, I you think know? it depends on your age and all this other stuff. I think as a as a kid's movie, which he said he was making a kid's movie. Oh, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he didn't understand that his fan base had grown up. You know, they were all 20 years older. And Star Wars, as much as it might be a kid's movie, it's not a kid's movie. It'll start being a new hope. As much as that's a, a kid's movie, it's nowhere near as much as a kid's movie as Phantom Menace. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but know? again, I think that's the, that's the challenge I think Lucas had making prequels. You know, if, if he took the story and, and went from Return of the Jedi and then went forward three years, I don't think he'd have a, a much difficult, like, 
I think he'd be having an easier way of making the movies than going backwards. So if they continued the stories of Luke Han and Leia, you think it would have been easier for him? Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, definitely so. Definitely. Maybe. So. Yeah. I, I think I, I think he would have had a better time doing that because I think, I think in his brain, and again, this is just opinion, right? If right. I'm Lucas and I'm making the Star Wars universe and I'm thinking of A New Hope, Empire, and, and Return of the Jedi, right? Like, how does your brain not think about what happens next? You know, it's like, it's just that natural thing of what happens next. We do that every time we leave a movie, right? We think about right. what happens beyond the movie. How how many times do you ever watch a movie and think, and you left, and you're like, oh, well, I wonder what happened before that movie. It just doesn't happen, you know? Not a lot. It, not a lot, right. So I, I think that's, I don't think his his thought process is not was not as detailed had he went forward and yeah. backwards. Well, uh, but you're right because I think what we need to know about knowing that Vader become is Luke's father is awesome. But all the exposition in the first three movies about Anakin, I think that was enough. He's a great star pilot. He fought with Obi Wan. Obi Wan trained him. You know. Oh, I agree. He with turned you. on Obi Wan. There was no need, need to, to know. Yeah, there was no need yeah. to know. Yeah. Uh, and, same issues with the the solo movie. There is there is nothing about that right. solo movie that. I think enlightened the character or, or yeah. made me like the character more. Everything that I needed to know about Solo I, it was good. You know? uh, I'm going to push back. I'm going to push back on this a second because and because I've been trying to reconcile this because look, I blasted Solo for those reasons. You know, like okay. we didn't need to know how we got the. You know, he, we didn't need to know how he met you. We didn't know how we didn't need to know how he got his last name. We certainly need to know that. Um, but then when we did Indiana Jones three. I love that opening scene with River Phoenix, and it really does what Han Solo does. It explains every little nuanced thing about Indy, how he got his scar, how he got his whip, how he got his hat, you know, but that works. Now, I've been trying it's to the writing, why does, though. Why yeah. does that work? Okay. It's definitely the writing. It has to be the writing. Because when, when it happens in Last Crusade, it, it happens naturally, you know? When it comes to Solo, it feels really forced. Oh, you're traveling right. by yourself? Hmm... I'm going to call you Solo. I mean, that's. I mean, of all the Could things. Have been you, alone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of all the things that that you, that you want to kind of like think about, that's that's what you're coming up with. Yeah. Opie. Uh, no, I didn't say what you're saying. Like, I'm def. It's definitely better written. Uh, Indiana Jones, uh, West Crusade, that scene. But it, I, like, I'm trying to reconcile rallying against how Solo did it, and and then watching. That first part, of, I mean, that's a great scene with River Phoenix. Also, the acting's great. Um, but they, they do this, like I said, they do the almost exact same thing in a short amount of time. We learn, you know, we get the back history of everything uh, right. pretty much about Indy in that scene. But it's it's, it's fun. It's it's, it's action-oriented. It's exciting. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I understand it's the writing, but I feel, like, I feel like there's a piece I'm missing as to why one is better than the other. Hmm. You know, yeah. I just want to be honest about it because I like I did kill Han Solo about that. But you're right. Let's get back to Phantom Menace. Is we didn't need to know the Vader story, or and I'm gonna harp on this because if you're gonna give me the Vader story, I want the Vader story where he's a young adult and him and Obi Wan are flying fighters in the Clone War, right? And just and they and they meet. I I mean, how many of us thought the whole uh, Padme thing was gonna be like a, a triangle? You know? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, between yeah. the the two guys and Obi Wan and. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't it have been just amazing if the greatest threat in the galaxy uh, was created because his girlfriend cheated on him or something? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if if, if Lucas was going to do a prequel, he went too far back. If he had a if he had a nitpick like baby Anakin, I mean, just I don't know, especially when you know who Darth Vader becomes and you're like, oh, yeah. look at this cute kid. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and I feel bad for the kid because he got destroyed in school and stuff like that, like. And oh, in real life, you mean? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not the kid's fault. He was just saying what Lucas wrote. Oh, um, happens today. But anyway, so I I just don't... I'm trying not to kill this movie too much. Yeah, I mean, dude, you could take the whole pod racing scene out. You could just take cut it out. Like this, when they started pod racing, I was re-watching it. I started like doing stuff around the house. Oh, I, I fast forward. <laughs> yeah, I should have just I, fast yeah, forward, but there's... I started doing stuff around the house. <laughs> Because I wanted that time, I'm like, oh, while they're probably saying I can do this other stuff I need to do. <laughs> so if I fast forward, I would have to sit there and watch, you know, fast forward yeah. through it. Well, okay, um, since you brought that up, I, I did have pacing issues with this movie. I mean, what 
like, I mean, this is a sci-fi, let's say, slash action movie, maybe, right? At least a little bit of fun. Nothing really happens up until the pod race. I mean, it's yeah. It's I mean, that, that little slow. beginning scene is lame. It really is. Yeah, it, it's pretty slow. And, and this is the problem I have with tech again. Like, I'm going to go back to like I, I think some of the challenges that Lucas had. You had those those droids out there, those mindless droids that were, I mean, they literally look like made out of matchsticks, right? They couldn't think for themselves. They're extremely fragile. I mean, it, you could probably. Go, blow hard and they fall <laughs> over but then they'd have those rolling um what do they call those little droidicas droidicas now yeah. okay now why I is think, it right. those those uh robots or droids or whatever seem a lot more menacing seem like they had more fight to them the technology m- matches right they had the technology to make those things why didn't we see more of those than those matchstick droids why well, were there? Why were there? Why were there two? You know what I mean? At the very end of the movie, no, I get it. Yeah, this big like battle. Saying, they're throwing. They're they're like throwing like little mindless minions at them, but they had the tech to do something more. But right? I mean, it's kind of like saying, why, why have helicopters when we have fighter jets? You know, it could be a money thing. I, mean, I don't want to. I mean, the movie did it. I was gonna say I don't want to get into dollars and cents, but why not? The movie did um, in regards to trade federation. Uh, it was ah. Uh, I remember watching it and all the politics, politics. I'm like, what? This is so stupid, <laughs> you know. And uh, I don't know. I mean, like I said, it could be as simple as that. It's cheaper to build the battle droids, or and they're cannon fodder anyway. Yeah, it didn't make any sense though. Again, yeah. you had these mindless droids that just couldn't think for themselves, but you had those rolling battle things, and they were kicking ass. And I think that's, that was Lucas being soft in his older age and having kids, you know, because the funny thing is when I was a kid, I thought the stormtroopers were robots. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. you know? Yeah. Um, but then you grow up and you realize, like, well, they're people. And, you know, and then you have, like, the Kevin Smith speech from Clerks about, you know, what about the maintenance man on the Death Star? What about this? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so you start to be like, wow, that is pretty rough. <laughs> so I think, I, think, I think Lucas got a little... You know, oh, I need I need them to fight somebody, but I don't want them to kill actual people. Right. So let's just have these mindless droids, you know, because there's no threat. There's no real threat. No. Through all three movies, who's, who's afraid of the droids? Right. Who's afraid of droid arm? <laughs> you know, and the fact that the clone army took them so long, you know, you're wondering maybe uh, Jango Fett wasn't such a big deal. But we'll get to that when we do the next movie. Um, but, you know, I tried to watch, you know, after doing the ring theory and I, and I did text John Carlos. I'm like, hey, man. You know what? I'm going to watch Phantom Menace. Which one is this supposed to mirror, right? And he he told me it was Return of the Jedi. So when he said that to me, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm thinking Return of the Jedi in my head as as I watch this movie. I will admit there's some things that do mimic that, but it didn't like change. Probably the biggest thing is when Qui Gon, you know, spoiler alert, he dies. Right? <laughs> so uh, right. so he's laying there, and Obi Wan is literally cradling him. Exactly right. how Luke did Darth Vader at the end of Return of the Jedi. Okay, and that was it. That was one thing that probably That's stood it? out the most. Yeah, oh, I have to think hard enough. Uh, well, I, I think he, I think he would say the destruction of the uh, of the droid battleship mimics the Death Star, but that also mimics the Death Star in New Hope. In a New Hope, yeah. right? Yeah, and a Force Awakens. And a Force Awakens, right? <laughs> so, it's a um, shiny mirror. So I just don't, uh, I don't know, his decision and the whole metachlorian. And that's the thing is because he introduces, like I said, he plants a lot of seeds in this movie that he never goes back to because probably because of the critical, like the poor critical reception it got, you know, yeah. never, you never hear the word metachlorian in any Star Wars thing again, as far as I know. Oh, no kidding. Really? I don't think so. I don't think it was, I, don't, I think the cartoon stayed away from it and um, that's a good you don't one. see it in. You know, why? Why do you? We have this nice mystical thing. Why do you need a biological explanation of it? <laughs> yeah. You, I, I don't think you ever see the Jedi run quickly again. Right. Right. Uh, um, yeah, it's just a lot of different weird things about. I don't know. It's like the Jedi Council, and, and I, I, I noticed this. For, I've seen this movie a lot, and I noticed this for the first time in this rewatch. At the end, Yoda goes. Uh, 
I will not allow you to train this boy, right? Mm-hmm. And Obi-Wan goes, Obi-Wan goes, uh, I will train. I, pro- I made a promise. I'll train him whether the council approves or not, right? Right. And Yoda thinks, uh, you know, whatever, your head's strong like, like Qui-Gon. And he goes, okay. <laughs> approve, approve training of the boy the council does. I'm like, when did that happen, Yoda? <laughs> like, what did you, like, when did you speak to the council? Right. It's just crazy. Yeah. And uh, you know what the worst is? I'm watching this movie and I'm like, crap, this is crap. This is poor writing. That's a stupid thing to say. And then Darth Maul comes on screen. I'm like, how did the same guy that invented this dude write the rest of this movie? And then I'm like, oh, he gets cut in half. That's why. Because he doesn't even know when he's got a good thing. <laughs> Darth Maul should have been the run through, you know? Uh, so I'm glad you brought this one up. The moment Darth Maul, every time he's on screen, I'm getting excited. Yeah. Every time. You know, even when he has that little, what he says to the Emperor, you know, at last, you know, we'll have our revenge and stuff. I'm like, oh my God, what a great character. Just when you think you can't top Darth Vader, this guy could, you know, if he lived long enough. <laughs> but he is such a great character. And I, I will say, though, watch, re-watching it recently, I will say I don't think I hated it as much as I used to, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate it. I mean, I dislike it immensely. I I hate the Last Jedi, and I don't even hate Han Solo. But I, this one, I'm more. I think because just through years of experience and watching movies, aside, I feel like I, I'm more critical of the movie. Like the mistakes are more glaring to me. Hmm. Yeah, like like I watched King and Crystal Skull again, only the second time when we did the the podcast, and I remember I'm like, well, okay, I. I do not dislike this as much as I thought. Mm-hmm. I did not walk away from this viewing of Phantom Menace the same. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just the whole, and Jar Jar. I mean, you even texted me when you were watching it. I hate Jar Jar. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think, could you do this movie? Like, could you, could someone out there digitally just take him out of the movie? I'm and, sure someone has. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I, because when, every time Jar Jar opens his mouth, it's, it's an eye roll for me. Like, oh, this is, yeah. It's force. It's like it doesn't make any sense at you all. You know what's funny? I, I was thinking about this when I was watching the movie. Did you ever see the video theory about Jar Jar being the real Sith Master? I think I I think you may have texted that one to me. Dude, I believe that theory more than I do the ring theory. Because <laughs> there are clues in, in this movie. Like there's there's one scene where they where they act like he's um he's kind of uh, what's that called? Jedi line tricking someone where uh, he's behind Qui-Gon and some dude's talking, but his lips are moving. No, oh, really? Right. Like Jar Jar's lips are moving and and people are like, why would they animate that? It costs thousands of dollars to animate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then there's a scene in one of the behind the scenes thing, uh, documentaries where, where Luca goes, Luca says something along the way, Jar Jar is the key to this whole thing. So if you watch that theory, I'm like, I'm more inclined to leave that theory than the ring theory of Jar Jar being a secret Sith. And and then because of how, well, first of all, the first thing I remember happened, well, I'm going to say this. So I saw the movie at a midnight showing, which nowadays is no big deal, but that was a big deal back then. They weren't doing a lot of midnight showings. Right. Right. So let's say it came out, I don't know, whatever, November 15th or whatever. I don't know what day it came out. So I'm there midnight of the 14th. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm in line with a bunch of nerds dressed with Jedi. I got their plastic lightsabers. And I'll say that derogatorily. I am a nerd. I just dress up. And I'm just sitting there and we're watching. And, um, you know, the, you know, people scream when the Lucas Lucasfilm thing comes up. People scream when you hear, but the started music. And then people scream when the crawl starts. And that's where they lost me, man. When they talk about trade federations and blockades, I'm like, what the? <laughs> and then I just, when that movie ended, like we, everybody was so excited to watch the movie. At the end of the movie, like some people clapped, but it was like quiet. People just got up and left. Wow! And we were all and look in the grand scheme of things, it's it's a movie. But I felt so I don't know uh, betrayed. I guess like people were just melancholy, not talking. It was the weirdest experience I ever had. Weirdest experience I ever had. You know mm-hmm. so. And, you know, I, I, it was like almost, you know, with, with previews and stuff, it was almost a three-hour movie. 
you know, I got home late. I, I went to work the next day. I was all exhausted. Um, but I saw it like three times. <laughs> <laughs> just for the lightsaber fight. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was just... I don't know, man. I don't know why Lucas was like that. I don't know what drove him to put that on screen. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess how he numbered A New Hope. If he never numbered that number three, I mean number four, yeah. uh, then he wouldn't have to feel uh, obliged to do one, two, and three. Well, the funny thing is, you know, this is before. I mean, chat room stuff existed, but not like they do now. And YouTube wasn't a thing, and Twitter, none of that was a thing. So. It, it was really hard to gauge what people were thinking, and but then the, because the, a lot of the critics kind of liked it, but there were there were the the, the fair ones that like you know beautiful look at, story was weak, but it's you know it's a kids movie more or less, um, and I don't I I just think that Lucas heard all that criticism and he made the adjustments. Jar Jar definitely has a lesser role in the other two movies. Right. You never hear Metaclorians again, um, you know just things like that. Well, I'll definitely say after The Phantom Menace, my, I guess, I don't want to say love for Obi-Wan, but it's it it grew from the prequels. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, that's that's a great yeah, thing. The, well, the best part of those movies is Darth Maul and, and Ewan McGregor being Obi-Wan. Right. You know? Right. He made that role his own, and he made you want, and he, and he does it in every movie. He makes you want more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. So that, that, yeah, that was a good thing. Um about it uh, but just the decision to make Anakin like 8 and Padme 13 or whatever it's weird <laughs> it's weird and just you know and why do you have a queen if you have senators I don't yeah. she's the elected queen I'm like you know I understand it's a different planet and all that but you you have the ground it can't be too fantastical because then you can't relate to it you yeah. know what I mean yeah yeah I hear you it just makes sense to me <laughs> You McGregor was awesome. I remember when he, he really was. Even when in the trailer he goes, "Hello," I'm like, "Oh my god, that's him!" Oh yeah, right. Because it sounded just like uh, <laughs> right. what's his name, uh, Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness. Yeah. yeah. I was like, "Oh my god, this is gonna be so good." Yeah, we were like, "Oh." We we're like, what, "What's that coming out of the fog?" Oh my god, what is it? Like that was the opening. They're Every right. generation has a hero or something. Oh, like that. so good. I'm, I'm gonna have to watch that now. I mean, the trailer. I, we should just. Somebody should have just looped the trailer for like <laughs> hours. Yeah, when Yoda does his, you know, fear leads to anger. I mean, how it's done in the trailer because because we watched it what a thousand right. hundreds of times, whatever. We and watched when it, it a lot. When it's delivered in the movie, it's terrible. It 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 falls so flat because it doesn't have the same kind of intensity as the trailer did. Right. The, the guy that made the trailer edited the movie better than the actual movie. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I just remember Lucasfilm Limited when we saw that. We were like, ooh. Yeah. I'm watching the trailer now. And then you got the gun, uh, not the gun, you got the droid army coming over the hill. That's cool. Even the and sounds. And then shot Naboo. Yeah. We were like, we're like, ah, this is so awesome. And at the end, we get a water balloon fight. That's what we get. <laughs> <laughs> Communication disruption can be no Oh, look at that. <laughs> you got the music going. You got the droid army landing. Oh. Look at that. It's within the first 30 seconds, Darth Maul's walking off the ship and he's saying his two lines, his only two lines. Right. At last we'll have a the Jedi. At last we'll have a revenge. Hey, the guy that does the voice, does he do cons at all? Who, who the guy do that does the voice is, um, he's fairly popular. He's, I think he's the guy, if I remember correctly, he's the guy that was in, Remember uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, the Nova Corps, he uh, goes, they're a-holes or something like that. Oh, yeah. It's right. him. He'll pop up in different movies. It's him, I think. Peter I'm pretty sure he's the Sarah voice. Finowitz. Something like that, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's he's the voice. And then, of course, Ray Parks is the actor. And, and you met Ray Park. I did. So, he's British, is he not? What's that? He's just short. He's British, though, isn't he? Yeah, he's British. Yeah. I wonder why they had to dub his voice though. Uh, I don't know. Well, well, he had his I real voice in X Men when he was Toad. <laughs> um, but he didn't. Maybe because of this, maybe he can't do an American accent or a neutral accent. You know. What I mean? Oh, okay. well. Because remember, he, well, he was a Snake Eyes, and obviously he didn't talk. I mean, he was a yeah, Joe. <laughs> Does he have a but, pitchy voice? No, but it's it's very. It's not even like it's not even like proper English, by like sophisticated i'm not saying he's not sophisticated it's more of the cockney hmm. i think 
right. You know, it's kind of like, um, you know, it's kind of like Christian Bale's. You ever see Christian Bale's accent? Did I ever see his accent? <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> so, even so, interviews? Yeah. I don't recall. Yeah. Like, his is very more of the, I don't know, I'm not using these words disparaging, but more like the common, not the... Not the rain in Spain falls mainly up. Not that kind. It's like, right. okay. hello, governor. Yeah. Hello, governor. At last, we reveal ourselves to the Jedi. <laughs> and so I slip into Australia for some reason. Um, yeah. But the trailers, it, you know, you got you got snippets of uh, Amidala going, I will not, you know, condone a course of action. I will lead us to war. And then you have... Darth Wall saying, unless we will substitute, unless we have revenge. And you have the Emperor going, wiped them out. All of them. You're like, what is happening in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> you know? He just got ships flying away from planets. And... Yeah. Well, I think the trailer redeems the movie. It's the only thing I, that's I, I like all about is it. Kind of, oh, my God. This it's three trailers, I think. Or two. Anyway. Yeah. This trailer does not tell you anything what the movie really is about. <laughs> It's just ridiculous. So, so f- watching it again recently, y- your opinion has not changed. Um, well, I'm kinder to it because of Last Jedi. I just, I don't. You know, when I watch this movie, I see just missed opportunities. Yeah, that that's probably the best word I can think too. And, I, and look, and this is my thing. I, look, I'm not a movie guy. I'm I'm not a movie maker, producer, writer. But when mistakes are this glaring, like. It literally, my thing is like, if you take what you wrote in the first three movies about Anakin in that time period, you could build a good movie around that. Right. And he didn't. How do you decide to make the most fearsome villain in the galaxy eight years old? <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, he went too far back. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we'll talk about it in the other movies, but, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, we'll talk about it in other movies, but... I don't know. Like Obi Wan was, you know, he was kind of pretty well fleshed out. Even Qui Gon's decision making during the movie doesn't make sense. Well, uh, so the second movie was Attack of the Clones, right? Yeah. What if that was Episode One? You have a, well, a, a that, like a, uh, well, he's like a, Anakin's like a teenager or so. Obi-Wan. Well, if that was Episode One, it might be a little. I mean, the, the writing would have to get cleaned up a bit, but yeah, better. Is Qui-Gon necessary? As much as I like his movies, is Qui-Gon necessary? No. You know why? Because he he comes off as like the rogue Jedi, and from Phantom Menace, you get the you get the the idea that maybe Obi Wan is kind of that that attitude too. Like, hey, I'm not going to listen to the Jedi Council. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Right. But it comes a new and hope. He's Obi-Wan not like that at all. Motion. Yeah. Right. And the Obi-Wan set, not Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon sets this all in motion. Yeah. He's so adamant about the stupid kid getting trained. It's his last wish. You know? <sighs> it just doesn't... It doesn't jive. He's, he's super... You don't need him. Did you need the handmaidens? Did you need the old switcheroos? I'm really the queen. And <laughs> it doesn't work because... You, you announced that Natalie Portman's playing the queen. <laughs> so when she's dressed as a, as a handmaid and calling herself Padme, you're like, well, this doesn't make any sense. Right. right. You know? Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I'm about a minute into the trailer and I'm just seeing Jar Jar for the first time and he's in the background. <laughs> Smart move. So, yeah. Even, even the guy, even the guy <laughs> that did the trailer knew. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's put this guy yeah. in the back. I, I, it's just, I don't know. I, 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 don't get it. It's it's just a okay. Top it's, it's top three sad. things. It makes me sad. It doesn't make me angry. It makes me sad. Top three things you like about Phantom Menace: uh, Darth Maul, Obi Wan Kenobi, um, lightsaber battle. Yeah, yeah that's that a, a good, good lightsaber battle. That is a good lightsaber battle. Oh, that's so good. That is good. But it, you know, even Qui Gon, he's not a good. And, you know, I think it's in canon now. The books that he wasn't like considered one of the best lightsaber duelist really is yeah. that what they say because he took it to darth maul from beginning to end i don't know i think maul was playing with him oh really? remember maul was fighting two maul was fighting two of them for most of the thing god that's awesome you don't see him sweating remember uh qui-gon had to sit down and like recenter himself when they were in between those shields darth effing maul yeah that's awesome but they ruined him with one swipe yeah 
He's got the high ground, and he's the ones that are getting cut in half. Did, did, did Lucas ever explain why he wanted him not come back? So, I mean, cutting him in half is basically saying he's not coming back anymore. Yeah, not anything I saw. Oh, God, what a lost opportunity. Yeah, and, and you know what? Uh, if you're making a kid's movie, which I get, he said it a lot, this is for the kids. That's why Jar Jar is there. First of all, in none of the previous movies during, well, maybe Jedi, but he got shit, he got crap for that because um, what I was going to say is like Jar Jar's antics during the battle. Like when there's battles, usually not a lot of comedy, but during the battle on Endor, there was some comedy. But, but you know what? He did comedy in both. He did comedy in space and he did it in, in Phantom Menace. He did it on the ground. And I think that was too much. You know, everything with Anakin was almost comedic. When he was in space, right? At least, at least with Jedi, yeah, the Ewoks. There were some funny moments with the Ewoks, but even they were fighting like for real. You know, they were dropping logs on people and right. hitting them over the head. You know, um, and the space battle for the second Death Star. That was there was no comedy in that, right? You know, but if you're gonna make it for kids, this is what drives me nuts. All right, Lucas, it's for kids. Fine, I'm not supposed to like it. I get it. George Banks. Okay, fine. Why is it about trade federations and disputes? <laughs> How many kids do you know about? Like, I was an adult and I didn't follow that storyline. Why are the fighter pilots wearing goggles <laughs> and bathrobes as their uniforms when they're going to space? This is terrible. I don't know. Literally wearing goggles. <laughs> There's and no why, wind. Why do the Gungans, <laughs> who are an underwater race, have so many land vehicles and, like, strategies to fight on land <laughs> well, like amphibious I don't know uh, weird and where were like did no Nabooians fight when they were invaded no that's right because I'm watching the parade at the end I'm like where were all you people when the fight was because <laughs> <laughs> apparently it doesn't take much to take it to these stupid robots yeah I, maybe they're just a very peaceful people I don't can you imagine if it was just a bunch of droidicons? That's sick. Droidicons, yeah. That'd well, they had their own shield and stuff, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, roll those suckers out. They got the tech. Can... Who knows? <laughs> I, can't, I don't know. I, I just... Like, I, I legit... took me a while to understand what was going on in that movie. I still don't know what's going on in that movie. I mean, uh, I, that, the, the whole drive of the Trade Federation... That is, it's such a weak backline story of why, what, why this is all going on in the first place. The whole movie is just to get Palpatine elected chancellor. That's what the whole movie is about. Right. He was manipulating Trade Federation to start this war so they could have a vote because he knew Valorum wouldn't, whatever. He'd be weak about it, and they could vote him out and vote him in. That was that was the you know, and he put his own whole plan at risk. You know. <sighs> It's insane. Uh, it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand. But the funny thing is, with, with the release of the new trilogy, right. you tend to appreciate these three a little bit more. I agree with you. This is why I'm, I'm thinking why I don't dislike this movie as much as I did after watching The Last right. Jedi. I actually like this one way better. <laughs> Uh, also, callback. Um, we forgot a, an important prequel oh. that came out before this. Okay. Temple of Doom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't count. That's a year. <laughs> Took away a year before <laughs> Raiders. Oh, really? That only takes place one year? Nah, it's just a year apart. He got rid of Short Round in one year? Eh, guy's a bastard. <laughs> nah. Dr. Jones! Dr. Jones! Uh, hey, Jonathan, we got some thank yous here. Oh, any, any final thoughts? I'm sorry. Final thoughts is uh, Phantom Menace is still not a good Star Wars movie, but it is a Star Wars movie. It is. So I will give it points for that. And I will give Lucas points for trying. Um, and hey, he brought us Darth Maul. He brought us a young Anakin, uh, young Obi-Wan that we can all love. Yeah. I mean, we're excited for the, for the Obi-Wan uh, Disney Plus show, right? Only because of the prequels. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ewan McGregor, dude. He's the bomb. Okay. Okay, we have some thank yous. A, a thank you. Uh, Greta underscore Gore. Ch check out her profile. Frez forensic scientist, human rights attorney, professor, ACLU, freedom fighter, 
and they follow the Nerd Me podcast. Why is she following us? <laughs> she sounds <laughs> way too sophisticated for us. <laughs> it blew my mind when I read her program. I'm like, what? What are we going to talk to her about? I have no idea. <laughs> She's under the Nerd Me? Yeah. Yeah. She's following Nerd Me on Instagram? Yes. Yes. That's got to be an accidental click. No, no, no. And she actually commented on one of her, one of the episodes that we did too. I was like, oh, wow, this is, it was a for real follow, not one of those, hey, follow for the follow, whatever, you know? What's her name? Uh, Greta? Yeah. All right, um, go ahead. I'm, I got to uh, see this. <laughs> yeah, her, her tagline is blood and butter. What? Yes. I like it already. I saw it. I was like, wow, that's so cool. Uh, yeah, so that was... Uh, oh, there she is. Well, welcome, uh, Greta. Yeah, yeah. Human rights attorney, professor, ACLU, freedom for the family and animals. Is that cool? I thought it was yeah, cool. Yeah, I feel like, oh, we're not worthy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, what's going on with uh, Mom's Basement Collectibles? Mom's Basement Collectibles, still doing our thing, still posting comic book covers from the past uh, 30 to 40 years stuff I'm finding in my mom's basement I got a text today from my oldest brother saying we are cleaning out mom's garage and basement this Sunday if you're not here we're throwing everything out oh, no. so yeah so I should be unearthing so it's like it's like layers of sedimentary rock in my mom's basement it's like <laughs> I was the last one to leave the house so my stuff is closest to the wall right um, but as my brothers moved and stuff like that, and stuff stuff would get put in. So like my stuff, I can't even get to most of my stuff now because it's buried behind all this other stuff. Uh-huh. So I legit don't know what I have waiting for me in that basement. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully some cool stuff will be posted soon. Let's see, Doctor Indiana Jones. We're still in the motorcycle scene, but uh, things are moving along quickly. Uh, I did a poll for let's see. Are you excited for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker? What do you think the percentage is? I will say people will mostly say yes. So I'd say 66 to 33. Pretty good. 69-31. Oh, wow. Yeah, very good. And are you a fan of Episode 1? How do you think that went? Um, I'm trying to think of our crowd. They tend to skew younger than us, so I would say yes, they're... I'm not sure the percentage, but I'd say yes, they're fans of Phantom Menace. Yep, you got it. 60-40. Would you say you're a fan of Phantom Menace? (sighs) You know, if you're going to ask me that question, in my head, I am automatically running through all the movies in my head and Mm -hmm. and making comparisons. Right. So when I I do that, I'm a fan of it. Well, I'm not comfortable saying I am a fan of it, but I'm not comfortable saying I'm not a fan. Because, like I said, it is a Star Wars movie. I've watched it more than once. And, um... Again, not to belabor a point, there's really only one Star Wars movie I can say I'm not a fan of. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, because when I think of Star Wars... Empire I, Strikes Back. No. <laughs> I think of the original trilogy. That's my Star Wars, you know? Right. Everything else is... There, like I said, it's a Star Wars movie. Fine, I'll, I'll take that. You know, but... Uh, um, Rogue One was cool. That one took me by surprise. Yeah. I was like, whoa, that was actually good. Yeah, I enjoyed Rogue One. Yeah, that was good. Because it's so and, uh, close to uh, A New Hope. Like seconds. Yes, yeah, right. Like, yeah, literally seconds. <laughs> now, I can't... I've yet to rewatch. I saw Hansel twice in theaters. I haven't watched it since. I've tried to start it again. I just get bored. So solo, I wouldn't you? say I hate it. Yeah, Solo. I, I wouldn't say I hate it. I'm just saying I just can't get into it. Can't get through the first 15 minutes, man. Yeah. When when he's... He has he pretends he has that, that, that thermal detonator. And she's like, you just made a clicking sound with your mouth. I said, I just can't do this. I can't do this. Yeah. That's just... And Kasdan wrote that. Son son of, you know, oh, Jonathan, Jonathan Kasdan. Yeah, did, you, did you see he's back, uh, he's back on um, the new indie? He's off. He's off the new indie. No, Co- I just Co- heard something like yesterday that he's back on. No, he's... he. David Coep was the original writer. Then, then son Kasdan went on and now they're saying Coep is back on again. No, oh, that's weird. Yeah, I don't know how. To, I don't know. I'm neutral on that one. I have no idea. People, hey, you can have great writers write crappy scripts too. I mean, you know, it's it's just if you ask me when it comes to this writing stuff, it all depends on the tone that they want to do with this movie. Are they going to say, "Hey, we're just going to make money"? Yeah, it's going to be. I don't care who you're, who's writing. It's going to be crap, right? 
Right. If their tone's gonna be, we're gonna make a really good Indiana Jones movie, fine. That's then you know great. You know. Uh, I guess we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The guy's eighty years old. <laughs> I'm excited. Hey, there's a picture of, of Harrison Ford. Uh, he made an appearance doing some fundraising thing. Guy looks good. Guy keeps himself. Was he dressed as Indy? No, he's dressed as Harrison Ford. He's just wearing his own clothes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, he just, I mean, like, physicality wise. And that guy doesn't let himself go, you know? No. I mean, he's, he's always in shape. Yeah, well, he's got to fly helicopters and rescue people. <laughs> That's what he's got to do. All right. Anything else? Um, I don't think so. Oh, well, we will be doing Attack of the Clones in October and uh, Reg of the Sith in November, leading up to our discussion on The Rise. Was it The Rise of Skywalker? Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so stay tuned. All right. Till next time. Martha. Peace. Peace.